Welcome to Let's Talk Nonprofit with Brittany. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Let's Talk Nonprofit with Brittany and Kevin. Um, today we are your co-hosts for this episode, and you guys, we have a great episode for you today. And we are thankful for our special guests that we have on our show today. And we just want to kick it off with our nonprofit news, Kev. What you got? Brittany, thank you for kicking it over to me. So, as you all know, there's a lot going on in the world right now. Um, so, we're here in the month of March. Uh, right now, a lot of the talk is about Russia and Ukraine. So, uh, we will kick it over to the different organizations, NGOs that are supporting. Uh, we're not going to talk too much about what's going on over there uh, because, again, we want to stick to nonprofit news or service, but we will discuss the individuals and NGOs uh, and human rights organizations that you all can support via this. So obviously our hearts and prayers are to all those that are in Ukraine um, situation. But if you wanted to uh, join in and support them, what you can do is you can find these organizations, CARE, Airlink, Center for Disaster Philanthropy, uh, International Medical Corps, Rezom for Ukraine, Save the Children, USA, for UNHCR and World Central Kitchen, okay? Um, like I said, you know, at the end of the day, anything you do to, to support, um, whether it's shed light or, um, you know, donate money, whatever the case may be, uh, you know, just keep in mind that there's others in the world that are also going through the struggle and, you know, definitely want to make sure that you support them too because that's what we do here at Let's Talk Nonprofit. Well, awesome. That's wonderful. Yes, please go and support Ukraine. Um, this is a tragedy that they're going through and they need all the support that they can get right now, especially trying to flee the city and the country um, in its entirety. So now on to our local news. Um, this is huge, but this is not a surprise because Spillman, they are just running the show right now. They received a 10,000. I'm sorry, let me correct myself. They received a $10 million grant from the Arthur Blank Family Foundation to support an on-campus hub for young entrepreneurs and innovators. I think that is wonderful right. for several right. reasons right. because they you, that's where your entrepreneurship starts in mm -hmm. college. You start doing hair, that's start right. barbering, whatever, making clothes, uh, designing clothes, whatever the case. I mean, that's right. where your creativity is... Um, is able to run free. And so to, for them to have a hub just for young entrepreneurs, it is just wonderful. And I think um, for Arthur, thank you for Arthur Blank for doing this in his foundation, because this is just going to take, you know, college students to a whole nother level and expanding and, and broadening horizon and just having a safe, place, a safe space to do the things they are wanting and willing to do in life. And sometimes it may not even be college related. It's just something they have a passion for. So having that, um, that hub for young entrepreneurs, it's just wonderful. So if you want to learn more about it, please go to um, Spelman EDU and find out and um, read more about this article. Definitely. Look, I'm going to be visiting too. Uh, young entrepreneurs, there's people that we possibly can bring on the show, um, as well as people that I might want to do businesses while you're playing. Uh, like Kanye <laughs> said years ago, listen to the kids, bro. All right. So I ain't following everything else Kanye do, but I will tell you this. I'm going to pay attention to those that are really doing the work and especially the youth too. So um, definitely shout out to Spelman. Um, all of the Owners that are definitely looking at the HBCUs. Uh, hence, I got Morgan State uh, University, uh, 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 not a sweatshirt, a uh, hoodie, but look, look, I got a sweatshirt on today. Uh, I had to support my mom and my daddy, alma mater. Shout out to the family. All right, peace. 
Shout out to all the HBCUs <laughs> that are rapping. Shout out to the first HBCU, HBCU in the South, Shaw University in Raleigh, North Carolina. Ooh, ooh. So that's my alma mater. So shout out to go. them and everybody around the world. Thank you. Right, right. Look, it ain't got to be February. We celebrating 365. And depending on what the, the leap year is, whatever number of days 366. that is. 366. 366, <laughs> yeah. That too. I don't know. Look, the way that this uh, Daylight Savings Time has happened, we, we catching whole days now. I'm like, hold on. It looked like it's five o'clock when it's seven o'clock. I'm like, okay, right. And you know they're about to um, they're about to try to pass a bill to do away with daylight saving time. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. What is? I didn't know that it was actually. Uh, a bill that you can pass for daylight saving time. So that in itself is just news to me. To me, okay. I I thought it was the groundhog that that, that signified that. I thought so too. I I thought so too. But but they said that that is uh, that man ain't gonna have no job now. He will have a job. He just gonna let us know what season we're gonna be in, not what time we should wake up. Animal harassment. Animal harassment. See, see, I don't, I don't know. Crime. I don't know. I just think that it's just it's just a lot going on, and yeah. they're trying to control. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So here we go. We're just gonna move right in into our um our service highlight for. Uh, today and we are highlighting who Meta- highlighting Metamorphosis Powerhouse Company. Okay, and they help transform lives through the various aspects of stage or phrase people are currently in stages or phrases that people are currently in and use education as a mean and catalyst to help them find and elevate a new phase in life. And you can find them at www.metinc.org. And let me say that again, www.metinc.org. And take a look at them. They are doing great things in the community, especially when it comes to education. So if you need some educational tools, um, Please reach out to them Definitely And you can find them On our uh, Instagram Our our platforms Facebook As well as LinkedIn Uh, We have uh, We make sure to service uh, Excuse me We make sure to highlight Those that are doing the work So you look for them On one of our latest Service highlights for sure If you want to find out More information about them too Absolutely Now we're going to go Right into Our guest speaker For the hour You guys Wonderful I've known her For a very long time Kev know her like she's no stranger to us, but we want to properly introduce her. So, please. Without further ado, we have our special guest, Miss Nasha McDowell. Nasha, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, the rain has me a little drowsy. Um, it was a nice day for a nap, but other than that, I'm doing great. Definitely, definitely. That is wonderful. Well. So. Without further ado, we want the audience to hear from you exactly what you do. Sure. So first of all, thank you, Kevin and Brittany, for inviting me on this show and just allowing me to talk a little bit about our organization. So I'm the director of the Commercial Sexual Exploitation of Children Response Team, and we use the acronym CSEC, C-S-E-C. And we are a program of the Children's Advocacy Centers of Georgia. So I have the unique pleasure of leading a multidisciplinary team of professionals 
who provide assessment and crisis intervention services to children and youth that are impacted by child sex trafficking or what we refer to as a commercial sexual exploitation of children. Mm. So that's pretty much my role. Um, I, sometimes I'm the glorified note taker. Sometimes I'm the support person in the background. Right. Sometimes I'm pushed up to the front. It just depends on the day. Mm -hmm. uh, but the work that I enjoy most is supporting the kids that we serve each day. Definitely. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. So uh, can you tell us more about the programs that you all offer? Absolutely. So the Children's Advocacy Centers of Georgia, we have been around since really the, the early 90s. Our Children's Advocacy Centers, we have 52 across the state of Georgia. And so we're not new to the topics of abuse and neglect and, and child sex trafficking. However, in October of 2020, our organization was deemed the statewide response provider for child sex trafficking after uh, going through a competitive grant process. And so we, that competitive grant process was reviewed by the Division of Family and Children's Services, by CASA, by the Department of Juvenile Justice, and our organization and our, and our 52 centers were chosen. And so the good thing about that is that our kids can receive assessment to confirm them or non-confirm them okay. for child sex trafficking, mm -hmm. and they can receive services within their community, which is great because before it was a little bit more difficult for kids to receive services in their community related to child sex trafficking. Wow, oh, that's wow. good. Nisha, let, let me ask you this. Now, um, obviously, we, we know the um, the fight in which you all have um, is, is, is continuous. Now, what are some challenges in which you all may face, um, not just being the organization which you all are, but, you know, tackling the um, uh, such, a, such a loaded uh, uh, topic like that? Oh, so many challenges. <laughs> uh, one being just the recidivism rates. Um, this is an issue where there's a lot of psychological manipulation that's used to lure kids into this issue. Uh, the fact that it's happening here in our state, I think there's this common misconception that it's an issue that's happening elsewhere, but yeah. it is a huge issue here in our state. Just in 2021, we served 494 kids oh. across the state of Georgia. So uh, I think just the sheer number of youth that are being trafficked here in our state mm -hmm. and the recognition, like we really need people to know that it's happening and to know what to look for is so important. And then just understanding that because of the sheer level of trauma that our kids experience, it is very difficult sometimes for them to escape or leave an exploitive situation. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely some of the challenges we see on our end. Okay, and so how do y'all overcome some of those challenges? Community partnership. <laughs> that is a huge asset. We cannot handle this or do this alone. Uh, child sex trafficking is not an issue that one organization or entity can own. And so we really take a multidisciplinary, interdisciplinary approach. We have law enforcement at the table. We have our child welfare providers, uh, the Department of Juvenile Justice, our community service providers, mental health, medical, everyone you can think of is at the table to address the needs and the services that our kids need each day. Well, That's good. Let me ask you this, Nisha. Now, I heard you mention earlier in regards to how it's happening here in Georgia, not necessarily everywhere else on this on that level. Why could you speak to why that may be so prevalent here in Georgia? 
Absolutely. So uh, it's really prevalent in any major city. It's interesting because some years ago, the FBI released a list of the top 14 cities with the highest incidence of child sex trafficking. And Atlanta was at the top of that list. And the only reason Atlanta was at the top is because the list was in alphabetical order. It is very difficult to quantify this issue because it really is an underground issue. Okay. we, We are just working with the kids that were reported to us. So we don't have a way to really enumerate how massive this issue is, but there are several factors that play into that. We have major highways coming through our state. We, uh, of course, have one of the busiest airports in the world. Mm -hmm. We have a large entertainment industry that is really uh, based on the sex industry as well. So that can be a way that kids are lured into this issue. So we have a few different factors that play into that. Uh, that you know with that being said are there any things like um is there anything such as like uh, because i know lawmakers obviously catch wind of these reports and numbers as well when you look at you know voting and and different things that are on ballots um is there anything in which that you know um that we could look to possibly in the future or is there anything in in rumbling that that you could talk about obviously you know (laughs) legally speaking Absolutely. So there are certainly laws that have been passed to protect children and youth uh, from this issue. In 2018, there was a a law bill passed to basically expand education, prevention education for youth um, in schools so that they could receive uh, evidence informed age appropriate child sexual abuse and exploitation education. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are laws that have been passed that can help uh, records be restricted or vacate your Uh, laws to help uh, survivors basically get their records vacated or restricted so that they don't have such a hard time trying to find employment after they sort of exit an exploitive situation. Um, There are laws that have been passed to help survivors basically change their names without it being public record. Mm -hmm. So there's so much happening on the legislative end that's supporting our our youth survivors and adults. That's good. I didn't know about the name changing without having been public because that's one thing you have to do when you're doing a name change is put it in the newspaper. So Mm -hmm. And then order for it, it had to wait for like four weeks or so in order for it to, um, for them to adopt their new name. Is that correct? So I'm not quite sure, but I do know there is a a period of time for sure. Okay. Okay. But that's good. They're able to do it without having to go through that process. Cause I know nobody wants their identity to be uh, shared if in the event that they're going through that. So I, that's good. I didn't, I didn't know that. So I'm learning something new every day. So that's good. Um, So what would you say your accomplishments are? I would say taking over a statewide response to child sex trafficking without too many major hiccups. Um, I think some of the comments that we received early on was that it was very uneventful, which is a good thing because with such a large scale issue such as this and and taking on the entire state, um, there are plenty of areas for mistakes to be made and things to just mess up. But we have an amazing team. Shout out to the team, CSEC response team and our 52 child advocacy centers. Um, they're amazing. They're passionate, and they show up every single day with a heart of service. And so I, we we just couldn't do it without their dedication. Right, right. That's right. wonderful. They just have that support, and for you all to move as one, that's really good. Definitely, yes. definitely. Now, Nisha, earlier I heard you mention that you all have fifty-two centers, correct, here in Georgia. Now, absolutely. What 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 makes up a center uh, in a sense? What would somebody receive if they were visiting, or if they were just inquiring about them per se? 
Sure. So a child advocacy center is basically a one-stop shop for a child that has experienced any type of abuse or witnessed some form of violence. So the, the model was developed to prevent re-traumatization of kids and too many professionals sort of being involved in asking the kid questions over and over again related to their trauma. And so the idea is that the child receives services in one place and all of the professionals come to that location to provide the services versus the family and the child having to go to each individual location. So they receive their forensic interviews. Some centers can provide medical exams. The family receives advocacy throughout the court process, the criminal justice process. Um, and it also helps them to just have a center where they can go to receive support. And the centers are all very child and family friendly, which helps as well. well that's good. That reminds me of an HMO. Y'all like Kaiser. It's all in-house. <laughs> That is an interesting way to think about it. I never thought about it like that. Kaiser's a sponsor. Y'all make sure, when y'all listen to this, make sure y'all hashtag Kaiser Permanente. So I know this is a heavy subject to touch on, but I want to take a deep dive into you personally and really figure out or understand why did you choose this career path? Oh, it's, it's very... There's it's a twofold answer. I have a family member, a couple of family members, actually, that survived um, abuse and okay. particularly child sexual abuse. And so watching one of my family members just really overcome that at such a young age mm-hmm. um, was inspiring to me. And I think I, that just always sat with me. Mm-hmm. And then in grad school, I just came upon this issue. While I was in my studies and I was just like, this is where I need to be. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those issues where excuse my language, it pisses me off. So where we're better to be than somewhere where something makes you angry. Right. Um, that's where you need to do the work. So that's sort of what brought me into this this world. That's good. That's right. good. And I, I normally see that, you know, it's either something that people have gone through or they have um, witnessed somebody else go through that really, um, what, get them on that path, in their yeah. career path. So I, that's honorable of you yeah nation let me ask you this now seeing and hearing about all of these stories and things that occur how do you stay in a good place you know how do you uh decompartmentalize or or you know woosah in a sense what what is your peace what brings you peace I'm still figuring that one out. I'm not even going to lie to you, Kevin and Brittany. I am still figuring that out. I uh, Listen, I, I, it's funny when you all were talking about entrepreneurship and Brittany said doing hair. That is my creative outlet. I'm not a painter. I can be a poet when I want to be, but not often. So doing hair and making people feel beautiful is my outlet, uh, honestly. And it, it's something hands-on that takes my mind completely away yeah. from mm. what my kids go through. That's good. That's good. So how can people get involved or how can our listeners get involved that they want to uh, be a part of this movement? I would say the first thing is education. So requesting a training, you can go to our website, Mm CACGA.org. And you can actually request a training on child sex trafficking because the education piece is necessary. And then once you receive that education, sharing it with everyone that you know, uh, your your immediate networks and extended networks. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that's the very first step because we just need more people to understand that this is happening okay. in our backyards. Okay, and so um, so they're able to get brochures, pamphlets, or anything of that sort, um, so they can be edu- become more educated on the subject matter and just go Absolutely. to your website. 
Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. And then you can always uh, reach out to me directly. I'm always happy to answer any questions as well. We have a a few different social media platforms that we're on and we're constantly sharing education opportunities and just little tidbits on how to stay aware. That's perfect. Is it possible you can give us some uh, tips on how to stay aware if we ever, you know, out and about, we may see something that we probably don't think Tell my little cousin something, you know, they offer driver's license and stuff. They need to know some stuff. Absolutely. I would say some of the signs to be on the lookout for is when things just look out of season or out of place. Um, You may have um, a child that is uh, maybe dressed inappropriately for the season. And we know some kids just like to do that, but they may be dressed inappropriately for the season. And there may be a domineering adult uh, near them or sort of uh, controlling their every movement. Mm -hmm. That could certainly be a sign when you have kids that are often running away for long periods of time. How are they supporting themselves? We have to ask ourselves that, right? As my mom likes to say, nobody likes your kids more than you do. So who is letting you stay at their house for that long? And how are you eating? How are you bathing? Just basic questions we have to ask kids and just being aware of some of the areas where you frequent and are there individuals in that area who look like they should not be there Mm -hmm. or look like they don't have the best intentions. And I know that can be a um, very difficult thing to gauge, but when you've built a rapport, with your community and you sort of understand how your community flows, Mm -hmm. then you can pinpoint individuals where you're like, hmm, it doesn't really seem like they should be in a group of all of these high schoolers or middle schoolers. So just keeping your eyes peeled. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Before we let you go, Nisha, can we ask you this? And this is for all our listeners as well as our watchers. um, Because we see you doing your your work in the community. Congratulations on your recent uh, uh, position jump. Uh, That's what I'm going to call it. (laughs) Thank you. When it it comes to your background, um, how could somebody potentially be in Nation McDowell's shoes, uh, being the director? What is, you know, what are some, you know, uh, uh, whether it be courses or, or education background that they probably should look into um, looking into. Absolutely. So my history, my undergraduate degree is in uh, biology with a minor in chemistry. So I thought I wanted to be a doctor at one point and I started shadowing and I'm like, this is not for me. So shout out to all the doctors. Um, Yes. So I went the public health route and I I look at um, the issue of trafficking as a dis-ease. It's basically a a, violence is a disease. And so child sex trafficking is a form of violence. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the route that I took was public health. But most of the individuals that I've come across that are in this work or space are from a social work background as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But honestly, any route that you come into this work is needed because again, it really is an interdisciplinary or an issue that requires interdisciplinary um, individuals at the table. And just, um, it takes all of us to try to figure out what the solutions are. So if you come from a tech background, you can be just as immersed into this this work as I am, honestly, and, and we need more tech people at the table. So it really just depends on your heart and where you come from and how you want to contribute your gifts to the issue of trafficking. Yeah, because you um, you said earlier that you all have police officers at your table, you have counselors, and so I think those are great tools. So those are most needed. Um, Absolutely. ABD is looking for some people. (laughs) (laughs) They are. If you want to be a CASA, a court-appointed special advocate, or work for DFACS, they Mm. do a lot of the -the on-the-ground work. So, yeah, you're right. That's good. Mandated reporter. (laughs) Right, right. If you're working with children, you have to be a mandated reporter in the state of Georgia, period. So, yep. (laughs) And it's free, too, for our listeners. If you didn't know, it is free to do. 
Oh, well, they have, a, they have a course for free. They have a course for free. Exactly. It's I, a free look, training. They have a course, course for free. Course for free, everybody. All right. <laughs> it's about the education, everybody. Here at Let's Talk Nonprofit, we're going to talk about it. Let's talk about it. All right. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. If you can um, tell all our listeners again where they can um, search you all um, on social media outlets. Absolutely. So we are on Instagram at CACGA team. On Facebook, we're just Children's Advocacy Centers of Georgia, and we are also Children's Advocacy Centers of Georgia on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. This was fun. I appreciate you both and and definitely look up to both of you. So thank you for this. Thank you. We're looking at you too. You over here, director over here. We all all working horizontally. (laughs) We're together. We're looking at at us. It's all together. Yes, ma'am. Have a great one. Thank Thank you. you. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Thank you, Nasha, once again for coming on our show. We greatly appreciate you. Now it is time for the Motivational Moment by Ms. Joanne Dean. Greetings and blessings to you. It's time for you to raise your vibrations. It's time for you to take it up a notch. It's time for you to fly high. To raise your vibration means to align yourself with people, places, and choices that lift you up and support you. Until next time, continue to walk by faith. Take care. And thank you for that motivational moment from Miss Joanne Dean. Before we let you all go, we want to make sure you all know where to find Let's Talk Nonprofit online, okay? You can find us at www.letstalknonprofit.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter as well, okay? On Twitter, we are S underscore nonprofit. We're working on getting that handle for Let's Talk Nonprofit, but bear with us, okay? Uh, but definitely, like I said, find us online. Um, we appreciate our listeners, our viewers, and uh, we're going to make sure that we give you all the great service and the information, nonprofit stuff. Brittany, you have anything else that you want to close us out with? Thank you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> appreciate y'all. Let's talk nonprofit. Let's talk Let's about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs>